Are you ready for some scalding hot takes? Talking Vikings with Dane Mizutani and Chase Frederick. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Welcome into the latest edition of Inside Purple and Gold, Odyssey's new Minnesota Vikings podcast. We're here on Sunday, August 21st. Chase Frederick joined as always by co-host Dane Mizutani, my Pioneer Press cohort. Dane, you were there last night covering for the paper. Um, was it as electric inside the stadium as it appeared to be on TV with just nonstop action in Minnesota's 17-7 to loss to San Francisco? Greatest football game I've ever seen. I was thinking the same. Life. Yep. I mean, Unbelievable. It's hard to argue otherwise. Unbelievable spectacle at U.S. Bank Stadium last night. No, honestly, it was um, it was hard to watch, but I think anyone who – pays attention like to Twitter or the Vikings press releases or whatever, 90 minutes before kickoff knew it was going to be pretty boring. Um, the Vikings sat 27 players, almost all their starters. The Niners followed suit. They sat 27 players, almost all their starters. Um, we can get into more takeaways later. Um, but what stood out most of all with, with Kirk Cousins sitting with a lot of the starters on the offense sitting, this was a chance for Sean Mannion and Kellen Mond, one of the guys to separate themselves, maybe a chance for Kellen Mond to really get a leg up on Sean Mannion after, you know, looking pretty good last week in, in the preseason game against the Raiders. They, they both kind of sucked. I don't, I don't know what else to say. I thought they did separate themselves and that there is a level of NFL quality quarterbacks and they separated themselves as being below that. Uh, that was the separation that I saw. And we talked about, this in the past just you and I have about Kellen Mond and like not to overly rip on the guy he's in his second year uh, but like when this guy was drafted like that that year I, I there were so many quarterbacks I was intrigued enough to like look at their college tape before the draft and whatnot and I got all the way down to Kellen Mond and I was interested because you know second or third round pick maybe um, and his tape was terrible I thought uh, <laughs> one quarterback I wasn't impressed I didn't think he had like was great in anything um, so when Minnesota took him, I thought, oh, that kind of seems like a wasted third round pick. That was the indication basically from mini camp through training camp on last year. Um, and that was anybody who was watching him. That was reporters seeing the reps in camp, uh, the same sentiment throughout the year. And I think people so badly wanted to believe that it was just Mike Zimmer um, and his fault and the team being unable to, I don't know, can maybe support um, a young quarterback and help him grow. Mm -hmm. And maybe you were able to fool yourself into that after watching that Raiders game um, where he still, frankly, I don't think read the field very well, um, <clears throat> made made a couple nice touch throws uh, and let a couple touchdown drives. So you could say, OK, I see something there. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it looked that great, but the numbers were good um, and there were a couple good plays. But last night was a train wreck. I mean, that was about as bad as you could get. He gets the opportunity to start. He makes terrible decisions. Um, wasn't that good outside of those terrible decisions that led to two interceptions. Like, mm -hmm. I just don't know how much is there, not maybe for forever, um, that he can't become a backup quarterback. I think that's a ceiling, but a backup quarterback. Not that he can't become that sometime in his career, but he doesn't look that close to being it right now. Not when you can rely on anyway, and I'm not sure what he would bring to that role that you would want. Not at all. I, I Before I dive in about Kellen Mond, I want to take everyone back to April 30th, 2021. It was the NFL draft day two. Everyone, I think, was clamoring for a quarterback. That was back. Yeah, if for anyone sure. can remember, like any quarterback the Vikings took was going to be viewed as like, 
wow, this is a great pick because let's get Kirk Cousins out of town. Pick gets made right around 11 o'clock. Jace Frederick sends a text to me and our good friend Chad Graff, who now covers the the Patriots for the Athletic, who was working uh, covering the Vikings at the time. He sends his text at 11.15, April 30th, 2021. From the film I watched on Kelamon last month, I can tell you he's absolutely horrible. <laughs> it sounds so harsh. It sounds it's... really harsh, but let's be real. Like, Jace, like, he's not a, a film grinder. No. Like, he's not going to pretend like he is. But it, the fact that Jace was able to deduce this from watching, not highlights, because if you watch his highlights, like, everyone looks good. No, just, it was... Like, a- there's good play-by-play film out there for like there a is. lot of college quarterbacks on YouTube if you want to look it up. Totally. And if you're just like someone who's bored in the NFL offseason and the Vikings might take a quarterback, like you can go look at the quarterbacks who exist in, in the draft prospect pool. Well, it didn't take a genius to realize Kellerman's not that great. Like even in, in college at Texas A&M when he was putting up big numbers because he was a pretty good college player, I guess good enough to go in the third round of the NFL draft. Like the things that we're seeing play out at the NFL level played out in college. He was very slow to make decisions. He was very, very indecisive in the pocket. He loved to tuck and run all of these things like have shown up at the NFL level when the game is a lot faster, you know, a lot more physical, a lot tougher. The reads are harder. And we saw that last night, like Kellen looked pretty good in the preseason opener against the Raiders. He looked bad against the Niners. I think his quarterback rating was like a 21 point something terrible um, through two God awful picks. Um, Both of them. Like if he just puts more air under the ball and throws it on time, it it could be a touchdown instead throws it late vastly under throws it at that. And then both are picked. So there's really nothing that Kellen Mon has done to show that, that you should feel comfortable with him as the backup quarterback this year. And the same goes for Sean Mannion. I know he was better last night technically than Kellen Mon, but he was so, so, so uninspiring like he always is. And if he's your backup quarterback, I'll tell you what, most games are going to go the way that they did when he had to start against Green Bay last year. You're going to lose. You're going to lose because you can't do much with him at the helm. Yeah, I'm not grading on a curve um, with Sean Manning and saying, well, it looked better than Kellen Mond did. Kellen Mond didn't make, you know, Kellen Mond makes those egregious errors and Sean Manning didn't. But isn't that kind of the story? Like, yes, Kellen Mond is going to have a roller coaster and it's going to be a lot more down than up. Uh, and Sean Manning just going to be steady in the fact that you're going in a straight line, but that straight line is such a low bar that you're not actually going anywhere. Um, yeah, there's not going to be downs because there sure aren't going to be any ups. Um, there's no chances taken. It's just it's all dink and dunk, um, which you think gives you an opportunity to put the ball in the hands of your playmakers and let them do something. But as we saw in Green Bay, like when there's no vertical threat, um, when there's no pushing the ball down the field, uh, when there's no chances taken, it's it's pretty easy to defend you. Um, even against like a Dalvin Cook, a Justin Jefferson, everybody's rendered moot. You might as well have literally anybody out there at skill position players. It doesn't matter at that point. Um, just not a threat to do anything. The offense isn't going to go anywhere. I, if Sean Mannion starts an NFL regular season game, I don't see how you get to 14 points um, without Sands like a defensive touchdown. Um, and I, we've talked about this in the past. Like, if Minnesota wants to call itself a contender, wants to see itself as a playoff team, wants to view itself as someone who can take down Green Bay to win the NFC North this year, mm-hmm. 
how do you roll in with the most important position, having your number two behind Kirk Cousins be somebody who can't score? You um, can't. It's, you can't it's, do that. It's an automatic loss. And we, we've said this time and again, and because if you're listening and saying, well, it doesn't matter if Kirk Cousins gets hurt, the season's over. Yes. If Kirk Cousins tears his ACL and has to miss 12 games, the season is over. I have no, I'm not arguing with that whatsoever. It's if Kirk Cousins suffers a thumb injury and has to miss two, three weeks, do you lose those two or three games automatically? I think you do. If Kellen Mond or Sean Mannion's taking the snaps, um, you need somebody in there who's going to help you win one or two of those games who can say, okay, we don't have Kirk this week, but we're at home against Chicago, significantly better roster than Chicago. Can someone guide the team to victory? Um, and that, and that's really all it takes is who can make a couple big plays who can give just mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson two chances um, to take the game over. And right now I don't think that guy is on the roster and there certainly are teams that we've, you know, there are options out there, um, teams that maybe you could trade a sixth round pick for right now to get that type of backup quarterback. Like, look at what Jackson, I mean, Philadelphia did last year. They traded, I think, a sixth round pick for Gardner Minshew. For Gardner um, Minshew. Yeah. And, and that, and Gardner Minshew went in, uh, I think, against the Jets and th- just had an incredible day um, last year when Jalen Hurts was out to lead them to victory. And guess what? Philadelphia made the playoffs by one game. Um, mm hmm. It means everything to have a quality backup. It's worth paying up for, whether that be in salary or draft capital. The Vikings, because of these cap stresses, have ignored it time and again, and it came back to bit them last, bite them last year. It'll come back to bite them this year, almost certainly. Like it Just depending on your quarterback to be Iron Man is not a solution. Yet that seems to be the plan every single year, even when we see like it is, there is nothing behind Kirk Cousins. There is nothing back there. And I'm just so sick of the Sean Mannion study buddy. Well, he makes Kirk... Think, makes things easier for Kirk on Sunday, great. Then have Sean Mannion on the roster. Do not have his name listed as QB2. Have somebody else in there who can help you win a game if needed. If Sean Mannion is such a good study buddy, uh, just like tell him to retire right now. You can go be an offensive consultant. You can be a head, you can be a whatever grad assistant, whatever position exists in that realm in the NFL. Just get off the team. Like you're not that good. And, and, and like if, Look, Sean Mannion's a great person, nice, always been super respectful to the media, whatever. But, like, it, that doesn't absolve you from just not being that good at the, playing the quarterback position. And neither does being a good study partner for Kirk Cousins. You have to, at the end of the day, if you want to be taken seriously, be able to play football. And right now the Vikings are employing a quarterback who can't really do that at a high level if, if, if push comes to shove. I thought something that t- really telling to come out of last night was someone asked Kevin O'Connell after the game, straight up, how do you feel about your backup quarterback position? Like, do you feel like you might need to look at options outside of the organization? And while Kevin O'Connell didn't say yes, he didn't say no. And sure. that might seem like a, well, what? who cares? Like, if he felt super comfortable in Sean Manning or Kellen Mond, which it's clear that he doesn't, it's clear. Like, he would have just said no. Like, we're fine. We're riding with these guys. We feel good about what we have in the room. He didn't say that. He said, would we have liked to come? I have the quote actually right here. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because Kevin O'Connell is known for the filibuster. But The man writes books with his press conference answers. Answer the question. Yeah. Ultimately, you would have loved to come out of the night feeling like, shoot, they both moved the team and scored a lot of points. And we have a heck of a hard discussion and conversation ahead as a staff and an organization. He said that, and then he went on to like talk about like every other position on the field. 
as a way to basically deflect from the fact that like, no, the backup quarterback, we don't feel comfortable about it. Um, he might not be on the roster. And like to your point earlier, Jace, if the Vikings want to be taken seriously, he should not be on the roster right now because the Vikings should be doing everything in their power to go find someone, anyone that they feel is better than, than Sean Mannion and Kellen Mond. And I would do it right now. I, I would be on the phone with maybe a Buffalo who has Case Keenum, who is maybe the best backup quarterback in the league. And everyone knows Case Keenum because of his time with the Vikings. But they have Matt Barkley. And I'm not saying Matt Barkley's good, but I think he would even be a better option than Kellen Mond or Sean Mannion. You have to go find someone if you're Quasey right now because you want to give them an opportunity to play in week three of the preseason next week against Denver. You got to find someone. You got to do it quick. And we've mentioned this. There are many names out there, like Pittsburgh's got Mason Rudolph, who's played in many NFL games, um, who is going to be their QB3, likely behind Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. Uh, they're up and down. Sam Ellinger has been excellent in, in preseason for the Colts, who have Matt Ryan and Nick Foles. Like, that's just the thing. Like, when these guys are looking horrendous in the preseason, Dane, it is not, it does not take a great quarterback to look good in the preseason. Like, Kyle Slaughter is like the favorite meme for Minnesota Vikings football, say. right? Like that it's, it's, it basically is a meme at this point because this guy was not a good quarterback, not a quality NFL quarterback, not an option should not be signed here. We're not saying that by any stretch, but when he got reps in the second half of preseason games, he lit it up because that's what you're supposed to do against third team defenses. Like that's, that's what you should have. Those are the results you should achieve if you are, have any ability whatsoever. And yet Sean Manning and Kellen Mond are making it look like, wow, I mean like these third team defensive players should be in pro bowls. Um, it's very alarming because if that's the case, then when you go out there in week four, Kirk Cousins has to miss a series, it's going to be handoff, 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 because you can't mm -hmm. risk doing anything else um, with those guys. And they're just like, I mean, the endless number of options that are out there of just teams that have better third quarterbacks. You touched on PJ Walker. I mean, I don't know if Matt Corral now getting hurt for the year. PJ Walker is officially the Panthers number three, but still could be an option. And we've seen him play much better NFL football than we've seen from these two um, currently here in Minnesota. Um, I've touched on Nick Mullins many times as the Raiders number three quarterback. Who's got experience doing that. Like there are just guys where you could trust them to say, we're probably the underdog now with those guys in there, but we could win this game. Um, and that's just not the case for anybody right now on this team. It's not the case for Kellen Mond. It's not the case for Sean Mannion. It, it's just setting yourself up for failure. Um, the second that one thing goes wrong, and that is not the way to approach any NFL season.